Welcome back to the Longleaf Podcast. This is Andrew Dunn, founder and publisher of Longleaf Politics. Wanted to talk for a couple minutes today uh, a little bit more about gerrymandering. There was a story in this morning's Longleaf Politics newsletter uh, that I had published over the weekend. Title is Why Democrats earn more votes and fewer seats. And it definitely touched a nerve, especially among Longleaf readers who are on the left side of the political spectrum. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that and address some of the counterpoints, the most common counterpoints that have been raised to that article. So to start off, why I wrote this piece to begin with. So immediately after the 2018 uh, midterm elections here in North Carolina, I started to see articles basically saying that the fact that Democrats won a majority of the North Carolina House votes. That's votes statewide if you add up all 120 elections for North Carolina House of Representatives. Democrats won a majority of the overall vote in the state, but only won, I believe it was 45% of the seats. And they use that as evidence of gerrymandering, that this is supposed to be evidence that North Carolina Republicans have unfairly rigged the state in their favor. Setting aside whether it's true or not, that's a bad argument. And it's just math. Technically, Republicans could win 50.1% of the statewide vote and win 100% of the seats. I mean, it's just math. If If the Republican candidate took majority plus one in every single seat, all 120 races, they would win 50.1% of the overall vote, and they'd win every single race. And it would be perfectly fair. I mean, uh, honestly, that would be a very fair map because Democrats would have presumably an equal chance of, of winning those seats. So just to say that because Democrats won more votes than they won seats is not evidence of gerrymandering whatsoever. The point that the story was trying to make was that the reason why Democrats win a lot more votes than they win seats is not because of gerrymandering. Now, I'm not trying to say that gerrymandering doesn't exist. Um, Even the people who drew the current maps admit that it was drawn for partisan advantage. What I'm trying to say is that it's that's not the only reason why Democrats seem to be at a disadvantage in terms of votes versus seats. What I say is that a lot of it has to do with geography, that because Democrats seem to increasingly cluster themselves in cities, that that makes any district that in- includes cities, unless cities are just going to be split apart, which in some cases they are, that these city districts, these urban districts, are going to rack up huge majorities for Democrats, very tiny percentages of the vote for Republicans, and then that leaves the whole rest of the state, the votes to be a lot closer. So what I'm saying is geography plays a big role in it. And the other uh, aspect that I get into a little bit is the Voting Rights Act, which requires certain districts to be carved out to allow Uh, minority groups, in North Carolina's case, African-Americans, to be able to select a representative of their choosing. This deals with the U.S. House races. And so those districts, by design, are very heavy Democratic majorities, which leaves a lot fewer Democrats to spread out across the, the rest of the state. Now, here are the two objections that I've gotten to this most of the time. All right, so number one is, of course it's gerrymandering. Just look at the map, which is also a bad argument. Here's why. People don't live in square boxes, right? So each district is required to have roughly equal number of people living in it. So by by definition, you're going to have districts that look a little funny sometimes because people live in funny little areas. That's just how it goes. Also, North Carolina's districts are supposed to keep counties together as much as possible. And county borders aren't always regular. Sometimes they follow rivers. Sometimes they follow all sorts of different land features. 
they look funny. So districts are going to look funny. You're going to look at the map and it's going to look funny. It's just how it is. That's not evidence of gerrymandering in and of itself. Number two, the second biggest argument that I've heard is that, well, the courts keep saying that these that gerrymandering is the is at fault, that these districts are, are horribly illegally gerrymandered. And in some respects, that's true. But here's the thing. This is not settled constitutional law. There is no Supreme Court case that outlines what partisan gerrymandering is legal and what partisan gerrymandering is illegal. We have some individual judges who have taken it upon themselves to take their shot at interpreting those laws. But guess what? They're not the supreme law of the land. The Supreme Court is, and they haven't set up that framework. I kind of hope that they will, because that would end a lot of these pointless arguments. Um, Not pointless arguments, but end these arguments. But my gut tells me that the Supreme Court is probably going to punt on this, but I guess we'll see. All right, so those are the two main arguments that I keep hearing. But the bigger issue here is that the left, the political left, has internalized this argument that if they lose, it's not because they didn't have the right strategy. It's not because they didn't have the right message. It's because the other side cheated. Today's Democratic Party is like that annoying little brother who loses a video game and stomps around and screams and yells, you cheated, and runs and tells mom. Uh, I guess the court system could stand in for mom here. And it's honestly an attitude that's very damaging to democracy and the peaceful transfer of power, which are hallmarks of the American system. I mean, I remember back in 2016 when... uh, candidate Donald Trump was asked the question, if you lose, will you accept the results of this election? And he's, you know, he gave one of his typical Trumpy answers, which is probably ridiculous. I can't remember what exactly he said, but the, the gist of it was, I don't know. I'll have to see if the election was rigged or not. Well, here, here we have North Carolina Democrats who would lambast Trump over saying something like that. And I'm not a Trump defender at all, uh, but I do like to point out hypocrisy where I can. Uh, here they are saying, oh, the system's rigged. Uh, oh, yeah, we want a bunch of seats, but it's even better because we want it and everything's rigged against us and we should lose. I hope that the Democratic Party will be able to move past that. I thought they honestly were going to be able to do that in this election cycle, but it hasn't really happened yet, at least not completely. We're only two years out from another census year, another turn of the decade, and we'll get to do this all again. Uh, we're almost certainly going to have new districts at the congressional level and the state house, state senate level, and North Carolina may even get a 14th congressional district, so that's just going to make everything just a little bit more interesting. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any more questions about gerrymandering, I think this is a very important topic, and I want to keep talking about it. I want to have an honest discussion. I put out some of my thoughts. Would love to hear yours. Send me an email, andrew at longleafpolitics.com. You can send me an audio file to that that email address if you want to be included on the podcast, or we can set up a phone call by email. Or you can download the Anchor app. You'll hear an ad for it at the end of every podcast episode. And you can send me a voicemail message that way. Anyway, again, this is Andrew at Longleaf Politics here on the Longleaf Podcast. Thanks for spending some time with us. Hope you learned something. And we'll see you again soon. So many in favor that motion will say aye. Those opposed, no. The ayes have it. The Senate stands adjourned.